This is Calm and Cozy, episode 69. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. Hello and welcome to another sleepy episode. So I've been talking to you for a while about my new book, The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep. It came out on August 4th and I wanted to share some things from the book with you today. I'm going to read the introduction in a few minutes and that's my story of how I used to struggle with insomnia symptoms how pursuing a career in the sleep industry changed my sleep habits for the better. I also want to share a bit about the making of the book. In April of last year, I was approached on Instagram about writing a book on sleep. I actually thought that the message was a joke at first, or spam, until I reread it a few times and then handed my phone to Jake for him to read. Porto is the global leader in illustrated nonfiction books. They're also really nice people. They wanted my book to be beautiful on every page and to be the type of book that you could give as a gift and to also dip in and out of chapters. Although I didn't have to go through that grueling process of finding a publisher for my book like most first-time authors do, the book proposal still had to be approved. I had to share my audience analytics, which made me pretty nervous because I don't have a huge following. My audience was, and still is, small compared to other social media influencers, but pretty engaged. I also had one of the only sleep-related podcasts at the time. So May 15th was the day of the approval meeting, and I was alone at my office job. I had been told the meeting was at one in the afternoon and that they would notify me by email either way. So starting at one, I nervously paced, refreshing my email inbox constantly waiting for the response. I kept telling myself it will probably be a no, but you should feel honored to have been asked. You know, all that it's an honor just to be nominated crap. Of course I wanted it to be a yes. I just didn't want to be crushed if it was a no. Well, not too long after my 80th inbox refresh, an email came in from Aaron. Hi, Beth. The book was approved. Congrats. I burst into tears and just danced around the room. I took screenshots of the email and started frantically texting it to the people I knew were waiting to hear. Jake, my mom, my best friend... So the contract followed shortly after, and then it was time to start writing the book. I remember listening to the details of the timeline and hearing that the book would be published in the summer of 2020. At that time, it felt so far away. All through the process, I was so excited, but it also didn't feel like it was ever going to actually happen. It really didn't feel real until the book was in my hands at the end of July of this year. As I was writing the book, my publisher had given it the working title, Live to Sleep. 
I wasn't sold on Live to Sleep, but I also didn't have any better ideas. Several months into the writing process, I sent my publisher an email admitting that I didn't love the working title and asked how they felt about changing it. So they admitted that they didn't love it either and told me they'd been referring to it as the Common Cozy Book of Sleep. I have to be honest, I didn't love that either. I know I chose the Common Cozy name for my podcast, but that was the reason I was undecided about it for the book. I didn't want my audience to get bored of that name and think that everything I was ever going to make was going to be calm and cozy. I had suggested the art of sleep, and I called it that whenever I spoke about it to others. I have to say, I am so glad that I didn't name the book. I've read reviews from women who said they don't even have sleep issues, but they loved the title so much that they felt compelled to pick it up. And after reading it, They've recommended it to friends who can find it helpful. The beautiful cover is also not my doing, and rightfully so. I may have been the expert when it came to the contents of the book, but leaving the rest of it to the professionals who sell books for a living resulted in a gorgeous end result. This book is the perfect size at about about 6 inches by 9 inches, The title is embossed into the front cover, and although it's a hardcover, it's actually a different type called Paper Overboard. It's a hardcover that doesn't have a dust jacket. The cover art is printed directly on the cover. And what a cover it is. Space Frog Designs did the artwork and the designs between each chapter. I'm so happy with how this book turned out, and I'm also really proud of it. Besides sharing all of my favorite sleep tips and techniques, my favorite part of the book was writing the acknowledgements. I laughed and cried while thinking of all the people who helped bring this book into the world. I was grateful that this section was the only section not edited because it really was written in my own voice. The editors did an amazing job making the rest of the book sound like my own words while still being grammatically correct and legible but I appreciate them letting me be myself completely while thanking my friends, family, my publishing team, and my favorite teacher from high school. A friend asked me the other day which chapter I enjoyed writing the most, and I would have to say the chapters about learning to love sleep. The sections where I taught the science of sleep and the sleep aids were important and definitely needed to be in the book, But I love sharing my own stories and how what we think on can change the way we sleep. I would be bored talking about sleep stages for more than a few minutes. I know it's interesting, but that didn't change my life and I'm just not passionate about that. The book is dedicated to my grandmothers for passing down their stellar catnapping genes. Only one of my grandmothers is alive today to see her name in my book, but they are both wonderful women who influenced my life in so many ways, not just when it came to day sleeping. The actual writing process of the book wasn't magical. I spent a lot of hours at Starbucks with my laptop, wondering if what I was writing was good enough. Part of me kept thinking I had to write words I'd never said before. But then the other part of me kept saying, 
You talk about these things all the time. What are you waiting for? I found that the best way to start was to take what I had already written on a certain topic in a blog post or a podcast episode and just rewrite it. I didn't want to come up with brand new material. I wanted to use what I was already saying. By the end of November, I was submitting a completed manuscript that was in dire need of an editor. So I guess I'll share some of the book with you now. I hope you like it. Introduction. How changing my sleep changed my life. My relationship with sleep hasn't always been blissful. As a child, I enjoyed the bedtime story portion of the night, but the getting into bed part cut into my valuable playtime. I don't remember much about my sleep as a teenager, except for sneaking in the front door after midnight, sleeping in as late as possible every morning, and napping during class, meaning that my sleep habits were sketchy at best. In my 20s and most of my 30s, I was too busy working on creative projects and binge-watching my favorite shows to sleep much. I proudly referred to myself as a night owl and delayed going to bed for as long as possible. When I was finally too exhausted to keep my eyes open, I would reluctantly fall into bed and then lie awake for hours, my mind racing with negative thoughts and anxiety. My brain's favorite topics were conversations I had had earlier that day that didn't end how I had hoped. Bedtime was my brain's chance to relive those conversations so that I could make sure I won this time around. I also did a lot of pondering of deep topics, such as the meaning of life, how it would feel if my soul lived on for eternity, and how long you're supposed to wait until you unfollow your friend's recent ex on Facebook. When I finally did fall asleep, I was usually restless. If I woke up in the middle of the night, it was game over for me. Time to relive another conversation from my day, or sing a song to the beat of the ticking clock on the wall. I would refer to my sleep hygiene during those years as just squeaking by. I was dragging myself through the day with no time to properly take care of myself. I was catching colds when everyone around me was sick and napping for hours in my free time. I was 30 years old when I realized my chronic pelvic pain was caused by hormonal imbalances and I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis. My weight was climbing and I didn't have the time or energy to do anything about it. I was spending money on a gym membership every month and filling my journal with good intentions of early morning workouts and healthy meal prep before work. But now I spent every possible minute in bed trying desperately to catch up on missed sleep. I believe I was a night owl for so long because being in bed was stressful for me. Why would I put aside whatever enjoyable project I was working on just to lie in bed wide awake, worrying about my soul in the afterlife? I had better things to do, like crocheting a hat or watching episode after episode of Arrested Development. Despite all of this, I was a happy person. I was in a healthy relationship and managed to find the fun in every situation, 
but I felt as if I was living in a fog. My desk job was torture because I couldn't focus long enough on any one project. I was fighting to stay awake, taking frequent breaks, and fantasizing about all the soft places in the room that would make for the perfect napping spot. I wanted to work part-time in my own business, but there was no leftover time or energy between my full-time job and my ongoing sleep deprivation to focus on that goal. The life-changing moment. In my late 30s, I was searching the internet for a certification program when I caught a glimpse of a course in sleep sciences. I had no interest in being a sleep sciences coach at the time. I just wanted to take the course to improve my own sleep. I pulled out my credit card, made the purchase, and spent the next three days watching interviews with sleep doctors, reading slides, and making notes. I left the spot on the mattress only to eat and empty my bladder. By the end of the weekend, I had passed the final exam and earned my sleep sciences certification, making me a certified sleep coach. The most exciting part was not the certification. It was educating myself about sleep. I found the whole thing fascinating. I had learned about all the ways sleep could improve my health and my life and what happens in our bodies while we sleep. I finally had an appreciation for something I had been purposely avoiding for decades. I was intrigued, and I wanted to get to work on fixing my sleep as soon as possible, and then I couldn't wait to help others fix theirs. When I first introduced myself to the online wellness world in summer 2017, I was one of a very small community who focused solely on sleep. Among my business coaching group of thousands, I was the one and only sleep professional in a sea of personal trainers, dietitians, and weight loss coaches. Finding clients was easy because I had no competition, and potential clients were asking for help before I even felt ready to coach. Working with women who struggle with insomnia symptoms quickly became my specialty because it hit so close to home. While I was ready to jump into creating multi-step evening rituals with clients, they were marveling at the simple but powerful truths that I often took for granted. The idea that a client could lie in bed and focus on rest instead of sleep was said to be life-changing. A woman who fought her own negative thoughts night after night felt such freedom after being told her thoughts had no control over her. It was a relief to learn that so many women who suffered from insomnia symptoms and bedtime anxiety didn't need me to give them medical advice, which is a good thing because I'm not a doctor. They needed help relieving stress, dealing with their own negative thought patterns, and perfecting the small sleep habits we often overlook. I started the Common Cozy podcast the following winter and used my platform to share everything I had learned. I told stories about my experiences, offered tips and product reviews, and thrived in a medium that let me use my unique voice to connect with others without ever having to leave the house. One of the surprising side effects of working with others on improving their sleep is the vast improvements in my own. Paying attention to everyone else's sleep habits has magnified my own habits and practices, and the people in my life are looking to me to be an example. Every evening when I start yawning, 
I prepare for bed instead of fighting it. I happily go to bed at a time other people would consider early. I nestle into my bed and smile. I drift off to sleep without a struggle between my brain and the rest of my body. I intentionally wake up before everyone else in my house, and after I get out of bed, I open the curtains, letting the sun stream into my bedroom. I say cheesy things like, what a beautiful morning, and I spend the first hours of my day moving my body, working on fun projects, and enjoying my time alone. Morning has become my favorite part of every day. Being a night owl no longer serves its purpose, and I now realize that it really never did. One of the unexpected benefits of improving my sleep is the gift of time. In addition to completing my daily responsibilities, I have more time. I'm talking hours to work out and be the healthiest I've been in decades and to work on my favorite creative projects, including my business, my podcast, my blog, and this book. I can tell you from experience that it's impossible to pursue anything that requires extra time and energy if you're dragging yourself through your day, longing for your next nap. Only you can transform your sleep habits. The bad news about transforming your sleep is that no one tip or technique will change everything. I can't give you the one big secret to epic sleep habits. And even if I did, there's no guarantee that that one thing would work for you. Different things work for different people. And it's going to take some trial and error to discover what will change how you sleep. The good news? You most likely have access to everything you need to transform your sleep. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars renovating your bedroom or buying sleep aids. You don't need to change who you are to transform your sleep. What you do need is to make some small shifts in your schedule, your activities, and your mindset. You also need to be okay with admitting when you could use some help from a professional. Talking to your doctor about your symptoms and going for an overnight sleep study can rule out any underlying issues. It's impossible to get your sleep back on track if you don't know what the problem is. This book is full of sleep tips and techniques that have the potential to be life-changing, but I can't stress enough how important it is that as you work your way through this book, you focus on your thoughts and your words just as much as your actions. You can have the strictest pre-bedtime policies, the prettiest bedroom, and the coziest bed, but if you're clenching your teeth and expecting the worst as you climb into bed every night, you're not doing yourself any favors. Approaching any situation believing it's going to be awful will likely make it awful. Your brain plays just as big a role in your sleep every night as the rest of your body does. My goal for this book is to change your relationship with sleep and give you a new appreciation for all the good it can bring into your life. I want you to see getting a good night's sleep as the best way to take care of yourself, the ultimate act of self-care and self-love. I'm also going to arm you with the tools you need to improve your sleep habits starting today. My wish for you is that by the time you finish reading this book, you will be falling asleep without a struggle and waking up ready to take on the day. 
I want you to think of sleep as something you get to do, not something you have to do. You're going to spend one third of your life sleeping. Think about that for a moment. How you spend that third will have a significant impact on the health, happiness, and success of the other two thirds of your precious life. So before we begin, I want to ask you a question. What life could you be living if you weren't tired all the time? Got a little emotional at the end there, sorry. The theme of the Common Cozy Book of Sleep is the idea that sleep is the ultimate act of self-care and self-love. I really do believe that. The chapters of the book include sleep basics, sleep stages, why each sleep stage is important, your bedroom and perfecting your sleep environment, changing your thinking about sleep, and how learning to love and appreciate sleep can transform the time spent asleep. Getting ready for bed, creating bedtime routines, advice on sleeping with pets and partners, using sleep aids, focusing on rest, using your breath to calm racing thoughts, what insomnia actually is, becoming a morning person, and creating an enjoyable morning routine. It's a sweet little book that is both packed full of information and is easy to read. The book is currently at a four-star rating on Goodreads, with a lot of really sweet reviews. I'm touched that so many women are finding this book helpful. A few of the kind words I've received from these women so far. As an insomniac who has a lot of issues with sleep due to a plethora of medications and health problems, I have read a lot of books on how to achieve sleep and deep healing sleep at that. Many such books cover the exact same well-walked ground, but I found this to be an invaluable resource. I love this. Finally, a simple, easy-to-read book regarding sleep and sleep hygiene. I think this book is perfect for those looking to fully overhaul their sleep habits, as well as those that could benefit even from the most minor of changes. This book was brilliant. It did what it said on the cover, helped provide calm and cozy sleep. As someone who has struggled with fatigue, mild insomnia, and terrible sleep hygiene for years, this book was literally life-changing within the first 30 pages. It was more informative than any of the professionals who have attempted to help me, and it was much less judgmental about it. Beth has done a wonderful job in this short but very sweet book in offering useful and practical advice on getting the best from our sleep routine. If you're listening to this and thinking, sounds like I need to get this book, (laughs) it's available on Amazon in your country. Barnes & Noble in the US, as well as Target Online, Indigo in Canada, Booktopia in Australia, among many other book retailers worldwide. If you Google the name of my book and the name of your country, you'll get the search results that are specific to where you can order it. The book page on my website at sleepcoachbeth.com will also give you all the options. That link is also in the episode show notes if you're listening in an app. Because I couldn't release a book without offering help from a coach, 
I've got a free Facebook group called The Common Cozy Book Club. And yes, it has the same name as everything else, but what else was I supposed to call it? Search for it on Facebook or go to the show notes for the link or sleepcoachbeth.com. In the book club, we're talking about our biggest sleep challenges and working on the small changes that can make sleep less elusive. It's not the traditional book club where you have to read a certain chapter by a certain date. It's completely self-paced. Heck, you don't even have to buy the book or read the book if you don't want to. Nobody is going to be checking your receipt at the door. It's just a place for people to talk about sleep, and I'm there to guide you through whatever you decide you need help with. Come join us at the Calm and Cozy Book Club on Facebook. If you need help finding any of the information I've given you in this episode, send me a quick message on Instagram, I'm at sleepcoachbeth, or go to sleepcoachbeth.com. Well, I think I've said the words calm and cozy and sleep coach Beth enough times for one episode. I think I'll call it a night. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.